Well, friends, it's good to be with you. Ah, well done. (laughs) Well done. It's interesting uh, when um, I first offered myself for Methodist ministry, uh, you have to, you you go on a journey of about six years probation. um, And one of my first study books that I had to study it was the 44 sermons of John Wesley. That's what you had to study. It was my first, my first bit of study. And uh, the text of that sermon uh, is the text that I'm using uh, today. So it's going to come up on the screen. Uh, it's Paul writing to the Ephesians. And I'm going to read to you verses 8 and 9. And I can still remember looking at these words over 50 years ago. For it is by grace, by grace, by grace, by grace, that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. Do you want to say that with me? Not by works. So that no one can boast and I'm hoping one day when they open you up in the mortuary this text will be written across your spleen as I was preparing for today um, my mind went back to a Valentine's Day it must have been uh, about 25 years ago, um, yeah, about 25 years. And on that particular night, Debbie, Debbie's the woman I'm married to, Debbie had taken our daughter out uh, for, uh, for a special Valentine's evening dinner. I was at home with Mark. So on Valentine's night, Mark and I were looking into each other's eyes. (laughs) So Mark said to me, hey, Dad, we need to go out. So we chose our favorite restaurant in Benoni, and I can mention it because it's no longer there, so this is not free advertising. We chose Rendezvous. Who of you can remember Rendezvous? Ah, Rendezvous. Down in, the, down in town. It was right down in the inner city. Italian restaurant. So when um, Mark and I rock up at Rendezvous, they are having a special evening for couples. <laughs> so we look in, it's kind of, you know romantically dark. Every table has got a candle on it. 
people gazing into each other's eyes, and then Mark and I rock up. And so the waitress found us a little table uh, right at the back of the restaurant, and uh, I had spaghetti bolognese, and Mark had his favorite, favorite pizza. And when we finished the meal, the waitress came across to us and said to us, your bill has been paid. Your bill has been paid. So I looked at, she showed it to me. Wonderful tipped. Your bill has been paid. Now what do you do? Everything had been covered. Everything had been covered. All I could do in that moment, all I could do was to trust the waitress that my bill had been paid. I trusted her and so we got up, happy, walked out of the restaurant, home free. Mark says to me as we go out the restaurant, you see dad what happens when you go out with me? And I begin like that because I want to extend an invitation. And it's an invitation that lies at the bottom, at the bottom of the Christian faith. It is an invitation, it is an invitation that takes us deeply into the broken, open heart of God. It's an invitation that takes us into the mystery of the cross. It's an invitation to trust that grace has paid the bill. That grace has paid the bill. That at the heart of this universe, at the heart of this universe, there is a loving, a loving, merciful, gracious God, a Trinitarian God, a relational God, an intimate God, who has come into this world in Jesus Christ, and in his life, and in his death, and in his resurrection, has done everything necessary everything necessary, has paid the bill for you and I to have free access, to be home free, to be home free. I want to invite you to trust that grace has paid the bill. And to help to maybe help you get a sense of this good news. I want us to look at these words again that Paul writes to the Ephesians. They're so important. I want us to look at them carefully. I want, I want you to, to get their meaning so that you can tell others if, 
maybe about these words yourself. I want you to notice, first of all, from those words, there is nothing, there is nothing that you and I can do that earns God's love, acceptance, forgiveness, salvation. There is nothing we can do. It is not from ourselves. It is not by works. Somehow, deep down in the human heart, there seems to be, we, we feel we can justify ourselves. We feel we, we can just, with our goodness, with our niceness, with our respectability, with our, we, we feel we can put things right with God. And we trust our goodness and our respectability and our niceness. You know, I've done a lot of funerals. I never forget about 10 years ago, I was interviewed by, I don't know why, by the Bilt about my, 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 all the funerals I've done. They had a little column on funerals. So they asked me how many funerals you've done. I've done, I think, I don't know, between about 900 and 1,000. That's a lot of funerals. And you know, it struck me, you know, you know when I go and sit with the family, and I'll say, can you tell me about this, you know, the, the person who's died? Can you just tell me? And so I can learn about them. And then somewhere along the line, I will say, can you tell me a little bit about their relationship with God, with Christ? Or I just ask that gently. I don't know how many times people will say, well, I didn't, that wasn't really important. But he was a good person. <laughs> he was a good person. It's amazing. I've never mar- I have never buried a bad person in my life. <laughs> I'm serious. Not once, not once have I interviewed someone, you know, the family, and they said he was a scoundrel. Even if I know he was a scoundrel, he was a good person. He was a good person. He was a kind person. Give his shirt off his back. <laughs> It's amazing how many good people there are in this world. But there is this trust in goodness. We can't put it right, friends. We don't put it right. When we think we can fix our relationship with God, we are like that apprentice plumber from Benoni who goes to the Niagara Falls, looks at the Niagara Falls, and says to his boss, I think I can fix it. I think I can fix it. Don't trust your goodness, friends. Don't trust your respectability. Don't trust your niceness. Give up trying to justify yourself before God. But notice secondly, notice secondly, that it is by the power of God's Grace. 
It's grace, not works. <laughs> it is by God's grace that we are saved, that we are reconciled, that we are made right with God by God's grace. Now, sadly, tragically, grace has become a weak word today. It's weak. It's pop. It's got very little strength. We think of grace. We think of a prayer that we say before a meal. We think of grace. We think of someone important. Your grace. Your grace. I even saw a perfume the other day. Grace perfume. Grace is a raw word. It's raw. It's bloody. It's bloody. It's powerful. If you want a picture of grace, look at the cross. If you want a picture of grace, look at the cross. And look at the one who dies choking in his own blood. Put to death by nice people. Good people. Religious people. Religious people. Put to death by actions and attitudes that permeate my life and your life. Indifference, hatred, prejudice, nationalism. It's in us. We crucify the love of God. And as Christ dies, he whispers, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. That is grace. That's grace. Grace pays the bill. <laughs> pays the bill. Grace takes us into this love, this great love, this great mercy at the heart of this universe of this incredible God who comes to us in Jesus Christ and does everything necessary, does everything necessary for anybody and everybody to have access to God. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. But let's go back last time, quickly. Notice that that grace becomes operational through faith. This is very important. It is by, doesn't say it is by grace you have been saved. Stop. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And again, I need to speak carefully because faith is a vague word in many ways. We, everyone's got faith. Everyone's a believer. Everyone. When an atheist comes to me and an atheist says to me, um, you know, I don't believe in God, that's a statement of faith. That's a statement of faith. 
when the atheist looks at, the, at creation and says, Yo, this is an incredible, glorious accident. <laughs> That's faith. <laughs> That's a faith statement. It's a faith statement. We are living by faith all the time. You came to church today in the faith that Quinn and the group and I would be here. <laughs> That's a lot of faith. <laughs> we are living by faith all the time. You, all the time. All of us are following someone. Even if it's ourselves. Even if it's ourselves. We all follow someone. This faith, this faith, when God's grace touches us, really touches us, it's a faith which entrusts ourselves to Christ. Does that make sense? We, we, we trust him. It's not just, oh, I believe in Jesus and I believe he died for my sins. The devil can also say that. To have faith is to give yourself to Christ. Does that make sense? It is to entrust yourself to him. It is to follow him. And as I do that, grace just pours into my life and becomes operational. I receive the gift. I receive the gift. And I experience within a deep sense of freedom from my past. I receive a profound sense of assurance and forgiveness. And I'm set free to begin to live in a new way. In a new way. That's the power of grace. That's the power of grace. Grace forgives us, grace accepts us, grace loves us, and grace changes us. <laughs> it's grace. That's why that bumper sticker that you like so much, only half of it's true. You know it, hey? Christians are not perfect, just forgiven. Partly true. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we are not just forgiven. Because when grace touches us, it changes us. It changes us. We become different. Do we still mess up? Yes, of course we still mess up. And when I do mess up, what do I do? I rely upon grace. <laughs> to forgive me, and then I make amends if I've hurt someone. But I'm, I'm consuming grace every moment of my life so that it becomes part of me and then can flow through me. And the greatest sign that we know grace is we become grace-filled ourselves. Let me end. Simple invitation. 
to trust that grace has paid the bill. Everything's been covered. God in, great, God in God's great love has done everything, ne- everything necessary, everything. Through the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus has done everything for the doors of the kingdom to be flung wide open to include every human being on earth. And I'm praying that that good news will draw forth from you today a new confidence and trust and faith in the living and risen Christ. That's my deep prayer. Grace pays the bill. Amen. Amen. We're going to um, sing a song. You know, we've been talking so much about the cross today. Maybe, 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 maybe if grace has found its way to you today in a, in a new way, a fresh way, Perhaps while we're singing, I can invite you just to come and kneel at the cross today so that I can pray for you. Uh, It can be a very, very deep moment. Receiving the gift of grace, doing something that expresses that. Just to come come and kneel at the cross. Let's stand as we worship.